So the mummies arrive, and uh, <laughs> the mummies arrive. The mummies arrive. <laughs> mummies arrive. listeners to another episode of the laser comb podcast your favorite podcast where two 90s kids comb through classic television with a fine tooth laser i am one of your hosts neocal and i am brought to you i am brought to you i am brought to you by the <laughs> one and only cat stiffer siege hello i am the siege one of your hosts yes indeed and uh today i am cosplaying as a cat you're cosplaying as a cat if you're uh, uh audio listeners if you're wondering what the hell i'm talking about for the video version of the show which uh link in description uh i'm using face rig and uh a little uh uh vtuber type program to make myself appear as a cat with glasses yes, yes he's a cat today and uh yeah today is episode uh 52 of the laser comb podcast we've, we've done it we've made it all the way to 52. yeah it only took uh what two years it only took uh however many long it 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 took us no, actually no, no we, we we launched this show in september of 2021 so only only a few weeks behind a couple months behind yeah it's not not that bad uh we've made it about uh 49 episodes farther than the average <laughs> indie podcast so there, not there, bad <laughs> there's a uh, I was reading a uh, podcasting subreddit yesterday and people were talking about oh podcasting burn and like so many people were like yeah so I started off with the with a, uh, doing one weekly show but like I've decided uh, to move to like bi-weekly because I just started feeling the podcast burn you know after like my fifth episode the podcast like, burn and I'm just like <laughs> After like five episodes, you're already like, I can't do it anymore, man. I just can't do the weekly thing. Just can't do, man. I my, like those three listeners are like they mean the world to me, but man, like this is too demanding. <laughs> this is too demanding. Meanwhile, we do like we've like uh we 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 miss episodes like here and there, but like we pretty consistently do two shows a week, sometimes more. Consistently, as in like ninety percent of weeks yeah yeah like whole months and months and months where we're uh recording at least like two episodes if not like little extra tidbits for patreon on top of it yeah patreon and stuff and uh yeah we made it to 52 um and i'm glad we did because we got a little something called ah real monster oh wait no it's uh (laughs) it's mummies alive
Mummy's alive. <laughs> Mummy's alive, man. Uh, before we get into that, though, I got a little bit of an update that I wanted to share with uh, with you and the our fine listening audience. Good sir. So you know how you often make the joke about how we always say we're going to watch a show and then totally never do. Well, guess what? What show didn't you watch this time? Uh, I watched all of Ash vs. Evil Dead. I just finished it last night. Fuck off. No, seriously, I've How watched How many seasons? All... Four? Uh, three. 30 episodes. Three. Gone My through man. them all. Wow. Yeah, the show, the show gets wild. And, like, they re- actually... They get way more into mythology than the movies did. Uh, obviously, because, like, you know, it's a serialized TV show. They got a lot more screen time to do that. But, uh, yeah, it gets wild. They go, they travel through time and shit. <laughs> oh, sounds like it gets better. It does, yeah. What, what was the episode we just... It was uh, season two. Season two, episode four, DUI. Everything, uh, naturally, but everything in that episode that we were confused by makes complete sense to me now that I've oh, watched yeah. the whole series. I, I could piece it to, together. Yeah. Enough of it together, yeah. So uh, what's what's after watching the entire thing, I'm guessing uh, that's uh, that gets two paws up. Uh, it does, yeah, yeah. And the thing that I was worried about with the gore factor, one... Season two really ups the ante on the gore compared to season one. Like season one's still gore. Well, that random se- one we caught was like so freaking gross. Yeah. Uh, season two ramps up the gore compared to season one. But because like watching through season one, I kind of like steadily, steadily like worked my way up to it. It got to a point where by the time it got like ultra gory in season two, I was kind of used to it. I am desensitized. <laughs> there there is one episode where ash like quite literally has the cadaver of a dude uh where on top of like ash has had his head like shoved up the dude's like ass and he's like gosh he's got this dude's like and his like uh mids his stomach <laughs> has been completely gutted and so you see ash's face <sighs> through this dude's gut <laughs> <laughs> At that point, it's, like, so comical. And he like, can see out. Yeah, yeah. At that point, it's just, like, so comical and ridiculous that you can't, that I'm not even grossed out by it anymore. It gets to a certain level of uh, comical, like, um, haunted house levels of gore. Just pure absurdity. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's but... definitely what the, the movies were going for. Well, there was kind of, like, a remake. What was that, 2015? 16? 2013. Yeah, we talked 13, about it on yeah. that episode. Yeah, talked we talked about, the about it that episode. Yeah. And there's a sequel to that coming out called Evil Dead Rise. Comes out in April. If it's not set in medieval t- fantasy times, I'm going to be angry. <laughs> uh. The medieval dead. I'm, they're missing out. Oh, man. And uh, you know what I missed out on? What's that? I missed out on Mummies Alive when I was younger. Really? Yeah. You didn't watch the show back in the day? Nope. I don't know if it was like scheduling or timing or what was it, what it was, but I was, I was only vaguely aware of it after I had become an adult, right? Like seeing memes being like, you know, you're a nineties kid F. And then there's like splash art of like Dunkaroos and like riding bicycles halfway across town and reboot and 
like Mummies Alive, and I had never never watched it. Wow. Yeah, this uh, this show was on in uh, 1997. It only lasted one season, which is kind of bananas to me. At it only lasted one season and it was canceled due to low ratings, which is kind of bananas to me because you can pretty much say to anyone our age, like mid thirties, you can say mummy's alive and they'll know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean. I wasn't even familiar, familiar with it and uh, like still know of it just because of so many people fondly talking about it. I watched, I watched the fuck out of this show back in 97. <laughs> like I watched it a lot. I had VHS tapes of some of the episodes. Oh, rad. And not to give my uh, rating uh, away, or maybe it was just we caught a particularly juicy uh, episode, but like if most of the episodes are the caliber of this episode that we're watching, um, like, holy shit. This is some of the this was some of the best TV that must have been on. This show is 1997. (laughs) This show is like, I'm not even kidding. And, And that's outside the premise. But they they rock the premise and the puns so let's kick tut and they time it so well like it if this isn't one of the best episodes i would be shocked if it is consistently this good this was probably the best show on in 1997. next to beast wars of course next to beast wars of course depending well (laughs) they were the transmetals at this point (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say there, there's some there there's some episodes of Beast Wars that I'm just saying if you missed entirely would probably better your Beast Wars experience. Uh, Whole yeah. swaths of Beast Wars that if you had missed it would probably be for the best. I'm talking to you, Vok. Motherfuckers. Motherfuckers. <laughs> Uh, so what is Mummies Alive about? Well, if you want to know, just watch the intro of the uh, show and they'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. It'll give you the entire plot over the uh, over the theme song. A very hype theme song, I might add. The show has really great music. Uh, but basically, uh, to kind of summarize, uh, it's about this kid named Presley living in San Francisco who finds out that the uh, reincarnated spirit of uh, Ramses II has been reborn in him. And when that happens, uh, this ancient, this sorcerer from ancient Egypt, 3000 years ago named Scarab, uh, is awakened and wants to harvest Presley's soul so he can regain, so he can gain like eternal life and immortality and whatnot. Yeah. And he, um, like you said, he's the reincarnation of, uh, what was it? Prince Rapses? Ramses the second. And the Moses Ramses. And <laughs> oh, that guy, yeah. uh, Yule Brenner himself. And so and when Scarab- well, on the wiki, it says Rapsies. Maybe they're trying to avoid, uh, avoid tying him to a real, a real uh, I, I, person. I, al- I always thought it was Ramses. Well, that's because that's a real, <laughs> oh, maybe that's a real Pharaoh. Oh, right? who is based on Ramses. Yeah. Yeah. Rapsies. Weird. Yeah, I'm looking at these names and I'm like, oh, geez, look at these these great puns. Rapsies. Get it? Because mummies are wrapped. Um, <laughs> Rapsies the 12th. Yeah. And anyway, so he's anyway, trying to like suck his essence out so that he can become more powerful. 
He's trying to go all uh, Raziel and reeve that soul. <laughs> um, so when Scarab awakens, uh, uh, I'm just going to keep calling him Ramses because that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, when Scarab awakens, uh, uh, Ramses uh, four like royal guard basically, whose names are uh, Jacal, Wrath, voiced by our man Scott McNeil. That's right. Armon, whose name is a pun in and of itself, because get it, when he raws up, he gets his arm on. Armon. Yeah. When yeah. he raws up, he gets his arm down. <laughs> Armon. <laughs> Armon, yeah. Uh, and uh, Nefertina. Uh, now, her shtick was, uh, back in the day, she was masquerading as a dude, so she could be part of the, the royal guard. Ah... Very if nice. I, if I recall correctly, that's uh, a thing that comes up in the first episode when after they've awakened. And to be clear, folks, 1997 was 25 years ago. And until revisiting this episode, I have never rewatched this show. So this is going entirely by uh, memory from when I was 12. Right. Um, but I, I, if I recall correctly, in the first episode of the show, uh, after the uh, the guardians awaken, they're all surprised when they find out that Nefertina is actually a, a woman. Yeah, it says here um, that she was referred to as Nefer, and um, yeah, there's like comments like, "No wonder he never went swimming in the Nile with all of us." <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, now the uh, the guardians have the ability to uh, a very very nineties thing. They have uh -huh. the ability to summon uh, mystical armor by shouting out with the strength of Raw. And we get a very like anime style, like 1990s anime style, like power up sequence. Yeah, it, uh, it's they, they all have a different color of aura, <laughs> right? Like Jakal is like blue and he gets like it's the the past is the future kind of tech. So like they have like like Egypt neon punk <laughs> tech. Oh, your cat is going fucking wild. <laughs> it's because I, I took a drink. Oh, um, and uh, what is it? Uh, Nefertina um, gets like cat claws and like they all kind of have like a pharaoh-ish kind of like ancient gods kind of look to them. They're, they're all um, their armor is all centered around an animal like um, uh, Jacal, I believe, is a hawk. Yeah, um, which um, is like Horus or uh, can't uh, remember all the Egyptian gods. Forgive me. Wrath is a snake. Uh, Armon is a ram, and Nefertina is a cat. And um, the bad guy is Scarab, and he's kind of like a giant Scarab dude. He's got like a staff that is also his henchwoman. Yeah, her name is Heka. She is voiced by Air Razor from Beast Wars. Yeah, I was just gonna mention that, and uh, it's really funny because like the the snake familiar i guess is what it is it's like a staff and a weapon that shoots lasers and like breathes fire yeah but like is also like a character yeah which is actually kind of like really funny well i mean it gives scarab a sidekick right yeah <laughs> and um the most practical there... of sidekicks actually because she seems really intelligent and she can be used as a weapon yeah, I, I don't like the, oh, you idiots, like smacking your hench person around like the, the heck actually seems like heck smart. 
so uh what th this is episode uh goodbye mr chops i think uh yes. it's it's a play on goodbye mr chips the uh oh uh, i didn't yeah. even catch that yeah <laughs> good it's about a teacher also the the plot of this episode is uh i know i've seen this in sci-fi before but like we're too and i can't i'm completely drawing a blank i even went to tv tropes to figure out exactly what it is but i know i've seen like an episode of something where two characters get linked up by a radio or something and something goes wrong and they end up switching places there's also an episode of beast wars that kind of does that too with the uh the the transporter it's, it's definitely like, like where it's like Cheetor, where it's like Cheetor ends up at the Predacon base, and Pterosaur ends up at the Maximal base, and then they end up swapping back. Yeah, it feels like that's definite. I couldn't find the trope either, but as soon as it happened, I was like, "Oh, I, I know I've seen an episode of something like some sci-fi show where like two characters, there's like some kind of communication device or something, and two characters like touch it at the same time, and they end up like swapping, and one character is like completely out of their element." one or both characters are out of their element yeah yeah but one in particular um, is like one in particular is like oh geez yeah yeah um it's kind of like the the idea of i i used to have people uh, like in high school be like oh man like no education is like way better now if you swapped with like a random person from like a thousand years ago like you would be like 10 times like smarter than them and then I'm like, that's weird, like modern day, like privileged, like boasting. But then the more I learned as I got like older and like tell these people, I'm like, actually, if you swapped with like the ramen, random, like Roman, like citizen, like you'd be considered fucking dumbass to that man. Like he'd be able to build his own house, probably speak like three, four languages, know how to farm. And all things like no considered, carpentry. they would probably, because of like modern life is so relatively convenient to how it was back then, they would have a much better time uh, adjusting to modern That's what life. I was trying then, to, the, to then, say, yeah. yeah I'm 100% would... sure. Yeah. Like if we were thrown back there, the mo average person here being thrown back there, it doesn't matter if like you can do like grade 12 like calculus. Like, what yeah. the fuck are you going to do in, like, the Mediterranean, like, a thousand years ago? I mean, if Napoleon can go to a water slide. Then and have a great time. And have a great time and eat, like, an entire, <laughs> like, giant thing of an ice An entire cream. Ziggy Piggy of ice cream. <laughs> and go bowling. If Napoleon could do all of that, then shit, most people would be having a good time. If they, most if they people come to the future. Having a good time oh yeah and and that goes to show like it's always like oh man i wish i existed at that time do you like this is every year that goes by like there's advances in like culture and like modern medicine and science like can you even imagine going back like to the 90s without your smartphone or without internet can you imagine going back like a hundred years ago where like like people smoked in like the operating rooms i could adjust I, I, to to go to like not having a smartphone or the internet i know that, I could. yeah but, but i mean but, but the reason people, why i i know that i could is because i lived in those times we did yeah yeah so whenever people are like oh man to go back to the the irish highlands of like 1500 and i'm like what so you can die of fever 
Like, <laughs> so like you could like get some sort of animal passed on to you by like livestock and die or get a common cold and then like not have any like way to treat it. Uh, fucking scrape your arm and get gangrene. End no. up having to end up having to have your arm chopped off just because you like you got a cut on something rusty. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. No, I'm fine here. <laughs> uh, and indeed, um, most of these mummies are fucking fine here. Uh, one in particular. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like Nefertina is the one who's like, yeah, modern times and kind of like the only one who knows how to drive their mummy car i i love that there's a mummy mobile it's called I, the hot raw it <sighs> looks like a golden yeah wow <laughs> it's called yeah it's a it's a golden uh drag racer basically and it's not that she's the only one it's just it's her job is to drive it oh, okay was she like the chariot she was yeah like yeah okay cool <laughs> yeah yeah they, they they all had a role to play um jacal was uh Jacal was kind of the um the, like the, the guard royal guard or something yeah yeah and uh uh armon was like um he was uh the ramsey's like personal trainer basically right yeah yeah i'm reading that here and wrath was his uh was a scientist and he was his tutor and uh nefertina was the the chariot was in charge of like the chariot nice nice so they all had a different role to play. Yeah, and uh, they all kind of have a different role to play here. And and it lets you know right away because they're driving around and Armand is like, hey, guys, guys, stop. And they slam on the brakes in the middle of the road um, because that's fine. There's no tra- There's never any traffic in these huge bustling cities in the 90s cartoons. <laughs> What's up because, with that? Because that's just extra cars you have to animate. That's just extra cars, yeah. And he's <laughs> like, hey guys, there's a new burger place in town. So I'm like, ah, oh, got it. I know his thing. He likes food. Yep. <laughs> he's big. He's tough. Uh, it's called Beefy Burger. And right away, like in the first so, 60 seconds of the episode, I was astounded by how good every, this episode is written. So um, they're they're bombing around in the uh, the hot going raw. for a rip, yeah. <laughs> they're bombing around in the hot raw. Presley is talking about a science project that he uh, has to work that he's working on. He has like a a shortwave radio. Oh right, that's that he needs to get working. And Wrath is like, "What? Why don't you just give that to me? I I could whip whip one up in a jiffy." And instead of being like, "No, I need to work on it on my own," he's like, "Okay." <laughs> No, no, not not yet. the The radio ends up getting trashed in the battle. That's why he. Right. That's why. Rath, that's that's why, why Rath, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. right. You're right. Uh, so they drive to the to the burger joint. They go up to the drive through. Uh, Scarab's uh, uh, snake scaff. Scaff. Staff. Hecka. Hecka. <laughs> they've got a headset on. As voiced by uh, by Air Razor from Beast Wars. And she's uh, sitting in like the drive through window. And she's talking like to the mic with a headset on. And she's like complaining about like why they're there and doing this. And Scarab is like, well, according to my my my, my scouts tell me that the mummies frequent this these locations such as this. And I'm so like So they took this over, or did they open their own franchise? Because this is a new one, Armand said. So my my headcanon is that they opened their own franchise of Beefy Burger. Just to set up the mummies. <laughs> just to set- 
<laughs> and right away I'm like, oh, oh, that, that's great because there's no human staff here. Yeah. <laughs> like Hecke even complains. But, She's like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> the staff is a staff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> staff of this restaurant is a literal staff <laughs> and uh scarab comes out and he's like hey hey it'll work don't worry my summon my spies have figured this out and indeed it cuts to the rest of the staff and i can't remember what like the putties are called the i died i, 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 oh. I don't know yeah, anybody that Doesn't watched matter. the show can find out. But yeah, they, they've got basically um, uh, golems, like a made out of sand, kind of like henchmen for the, the main characters to punch around, right? And they're fucking in full outfit, flipping patties. <laughs> like fully committed. And I'm like, holy shit. I, right away, I'm like, this is high caliber. This is way above like a lot of anything i could like ask for like i've never even watched episode to episode and that's how hype i am for this and indeed they pull up and right before they get to the window armon is like the burgers here are flame broiled and then hecka um, immediately like starts spewing fire at them opens up the 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 window and just <laughs> spews fire at it and again tense every 10 seconds i'm like fuck yes <laughs> 10 out of 10. And so so they speed away and uh three of them uh all of them except uh nefertina jump out and do we this is the first time in the episode we get the transformation sequence where they're like with the strength of raw now i knew what i wh what did you think of this cal because i knew what what to expect because i remember this transfer transformation sequence. this transformation so the premise for this going in i was like what a bizarre premise this couldn't have been like extremely popular and it took me approximately five seconds into their transformation sequence and the puns and the the, the, the music egypt hype. and the music or whatever and the camera angles and the animation of the uh transformation sequence it's just hype you you know what each one is right like you have the sorcerer you have like the leader who can like fly you've got the big tough guy who now has like ancient egyptian like hyper tech uh, uh magitech armor right and you got like the cat woman like with a whip and it's man like this this oh, man I, I wish i had known about this when i was a kid i'm telling you <laughs> because it's probably one of my more favorite transformation sequences yeah, it's sweet. Um, I really like the animation in this show in general. It's very, um, it's very anime influenced, but it's not quite anime. It's, it's like somewhere between like TMNT and a lot of cartoons in the '90s were doing an animation style similar to this. Like it's, it's kind of inspired by the like uh, Madhouse or like Ghost in the Shell type anime, but it's Americanized. So like this or like the the 90s spider-man cartoon or um without uh, reusing too much of the backgrounds and without it be a, a cartoon like this needs to know when to like show off the animation and when to make its jokes and the pacing of this show is perfect and a lot of cartoons even good ones we've reviewed 
right? Like biker mice from Mars and uh, fuck, just a lot of them. It, it stumbles a bit. <laughs> Whereas adults were like, oh, okay, well, whatever. Yeah. Like uh, Leonardo's like sneaking. Sure. They're, they're just inside of like the base somehow or oh we fast forward to like two days later for some reason or whatever but like this is man like i I don't know who was on like the um storyboarding for this but like holy shit man like what did you go on to do (laughs) (laughs) because like even though it's like okay we know what's gonna happen here right they transform they kick the shit i i still love that the um like the the goons that they kick the butt of they're dressed like fry cooks (laughs) um and and they get their 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 butt kicked but in the fight like you had said um armon is like uh crushes uh presley's uh his science project his yeah. science project yeah so um yeah so they win his science project gets trashed uh they go back to the to the sphinx which is their um which is their like home base it's their uh it's their turtle lair, basically. It's a, and I'm like, this is out in plain sight. Like, is this part of like an exhibit? Like, how do they? It <laughs> how is. Do they get away with this. Okay. It. it yeah. It's um. It's a. Uh, and uh, setting aside the um. Uh, opinions about like stealing like artifacts from ancient civilizations and moving them. But basically, if I remember correctly, they set up a replica of the Sphinx in the San Francisco Harbor and actually like brought like a bunch of mummies and artifacts <laughs> from Egypt and put them in Which there. just happened to have real mum- yeah. <laughs> mummies yeah. in them. Okay, so that when this kid like reincarnated and then like it's all like destiny shit. Right. I, I think how he got reincar- I think how he got uh, the, the spirit of uh, Ramses uh, reincarnated into him was he went to the opening, the grand opening of this exhibit or something. Right. Yeah. OK. OK. I can dig it. Um, so, yeah, so they go back to the Sphinx and uh, Presley is like uh, complaining about how his science project is uh, uh, it has been destroyed. And I can't remember exactly what he says, but uh, uh, he's like, oh, my shortwave uh, radio uh, has been trashed. And uh, uh, Wrath is like, uh, uh, leave it, leave it to me, Prince. By morning, it will be even shorter. Yeah, what can I say? I've got a thing with technology. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, uh, I always make he's been i swear he's been in multiple things like we've reviewed but scotty oh scott mcneil was in everything in the 90s yeah um and i always do do the joke of talking like rat trap whenever scott mcneil comes up but no his range is uh is great like i i'm not ripping on him for always sounding like rat trap because he doesn't that's just what i'm most familiar (laughs) with because we have a we have a transform we have a beast wars podcast (laughs) yeah uh but yeah scott mcneil um who is the uh most british of the uh, egyptian mummies <laughs> uh it's no it's formal it's formal that's what it is um and he's like no oh, no problem i just yada yada ancient like super tech into it it's fine it'll work exactly as you need it to and he's like okay um and this comes he, he in... just he, he he makes a a comment about my point was he makes a comment uh akin to uh by by uh by tomorrow morning it will be uh 
it will be as short as possible. Or it will be even shorter, because it's a shortwave radio. Anyway. Oh. See, like, minute to minute, there's jokes and puns and things in this. It's it's a joy. Yeah. I love this because um, he's uh, Presley's scrutinizing it. And he's like, oh, I don't know. Can this pick up signals from the other side of the world? And he's like, my prince, it can even pick up signals from beyond the Western Gate. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm like, does he want to? <laughs> so uh, what it, it took me a, a couple minutes in the episode to, to actually remember. But so the fact that he says beyond the Western Gate is important because late, like when this energy transference happens, uh, as it goes past the Golden Gate Bridge, you actually see um, briefly like as it passes through as it passes underneath you'll actually see some like ancient egyptian like gold and like uh decor like up here on the golden gate bridge uh there's a portal there to like basically the spirit world ah interesting because i know there are natural like like portals um throughout the world like ley lines and like golden gate bridge is like one of them and and that sort of thing and uh, i was wondering if there was something like that because it's such a large like art like structure going over top water and water has to do with like stargates right and i, I was wondering if it had something to do with that yeah yeah so the what they call the western gate is is the golden gate bridge but it's That's actually what they call it? It, it it's a portal to like the underworld basically ah. um anyway so uh yeah presley is looking at this uh this device that wrath has made and it's got like it's quite literally like it looks like a circuit board with like a golden obelisk sticking sticking out of it yeah with higher like runes hieroglyphics on it yeah. so he takes and... it he takes it to school and gets his teacher to uh yeah he's uh, like oh he... it would probably even pick up signals from mars and mr i'm an old man teacher uh <laughs> Yeah. Uh, would give me a C or something. Mr. Prescott or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Uh, so he takes it to school and shows it to his teacher. And he's like, uh, he looks at it and he's like, uh, this doesn't look, uh, something akin to, this doesn't look like any shortwave radio I've seen. And so Does Presley it goes, even work? And he turns yeah, it on. He turns it, he tries to turn it on and nothing happens. And he's like, uh, uh, and he's like, Presley, you were supposed to build it yourself. <laughs> And he's on to so him right away. Here's the thing. And this is another one of the, again, 30, every third, like, fuck. Like, I really liked this. Can you tell? Um, something about kids is when they think they're being really clever. They don't realize that people older than them, the longer they've been around, the more, the, the, the greater their bullshit detector is. And yep. I'm sorry, kids, like 15 to 20, you you will never ever fool an adult and when you think you did it's just that they're letting you get away with it because they don't have any fucks to give i've they, uh, they know man I, i've they run into know. this because a lot of my uh, subordinates <laughs> yeah. at my work at my current uh uh workplace are all most of them are teenagers i've run into this so much where well you even told me like a certain story involving like eggs where like they were like oh they must have fell <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. All right, I had one who uh, tried to come up with the. Um, he brought his friends through the receiving bay. Uh, 
and uh, I uh, scolded him for that. And he's like, "Oh, but the uh, the the boss said that we could, um, you know, like if if we needed to to bring a customer back here, as long as we escorted them, then it it was fine." And I'm like, "But they weren't customers." He's like, "No," and I was like, "They were your friends." <laughs> he's like, "Right," and I was like, "Good try, though. Good try." <laughs> So yeah, so I, I run into that a lot. Where they like the older I get, the more I can where, detect it. Where, where these teenagers will like try and come up with like these like really elaborate excuses or like try and explain something away in a way it's where it's like it's like I can tell, I, I can tell you're trying. And um, it's but I can see it works on their their peers. Every yeah. once in a while, they manage to like bullshit their peers, but it's like something happens. Uh, for me, it's like it was like twenty eight to thirty two when you just like move away from being like a young adult into like an adult adult for and it was right. this very all of a sudden distance like when i was like 26 i didn't feel that different from like a 22 year old but then like 28 29 28 yeah that was about when i, I started picking up on it too i felt so different from like people that were like 22 23 24 and yeah it's i imagine this mr prescott or whatever because he's like presley you know you're supposed to do the project yourself and instead of being like oh geez you got me he's like oh uh i must have left the instructions in my locker i'll be right back yeah let me go check my notes so he goes to his locker and he's like <laughs> man i really should have studied this before i came to class i should really should have studied rath's notes before i came to yeah class. he left him like a little instruction <laughs> booklet yeah. for it and uh while he's gone mr prescott's like oh that's the problem it's not plugged in and I love that there's this ancient, like, like Egyptian magitech, like ancient Egyptians, uh, sorry, uh, ancient, um, aliens, theorists and like ancient, um, uh, advanced civilizations, like, uh, not historians, but like conspiracy theorists, historians, uh, fringe scientists. <laughs> there we go. Uh, that believed in like advanced technology of the past. They must've loved this show. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, and he's like, oh, it just needs to get plugged in. And I love that there's like a monolith on this that's made out of like hieroglyphic, uh, the, hieroglyphics it, carved it, onto it, gold. It's an obelisk. Or sorry, uh, not monolith. A monolith is like a, a domino, right? Like a, like a flat thing? Yes. Yeah. Um, an obelisk. And uh, he plucks it in and uh, he gets lasered. Like right away. <laughs> yeah, and here, like, here's that thing that was I was talking supposed about. to do that. <laughs> here's that thing that I was talking about earlier, where like I swear I've seen this in a sci-fi show before, where two characters like are, are linked by some electronic device, and they end up getting inadvertently swapped. I was transported to a faraway land. Yeah, and um, boy, usually like these are like a, a chore or a pain, but he gets sent to like the afterlife. Yeah, he gets sent beyond the Western of, Gate. Yeah, the the afterlife of um, like we even like see e his, Egyptian mythos. Yeah, we we, we see his uh, his like energy like go through the Western Gate. So he goes beyond the Western Gate. And yeah, he he he's in like yellow energy, and um, there's faint. Um, there's faint like sphinxes 
like silhouettes of sphinxes uh <laughs> at the um the bridging parts of, yeah yeah that's uh, yeah that's what i was talking about yeah. earlier and um he switches places with a green energy yeah and so uh this other energy source like comes back from beyond the western gate and re uh, materializes as a uh sexy sorceress lady in the classroom um, does does it um before we go there we get to see uh like the afterlife um and he's in this desert with like crazy skies floating <laughs> uh floating energon <laughs> mountains um and kind of like like a like a boatman goes by with and one of them's holding like a glowing staff and the other one has this like gigantic huge built body and he's like the orman or whatever and we look and it's actually a golem piloted like men in black style by a scarab with like a little scarab like yeah. with levers and he turns to the old like mr prescott and he's like yo like <laughs> he waves at him and mr prescott's like just just waves back and he just yeah. waves back and i'm like fuck man <laughs> this is great <laughs> Uh, but like you said, um, there is a so there's sexy, a hot, sexy pharaoh so, lady so, there. So sexy sorceress lady is like looking around. She's kind of confused by her surroundings. Presley like comes back into the classroom, and she immediately like disguise like disguises herself to make herself puts her hand like, up, glows purple, boom, and becomes like a modern like business uh, dressed. Teacher, so, uh, so semi-formal. There we go. So here I'm wondering, like, how does she, she was confused by her surroundings and like where she was. How does she know what modern fashion looks like? And I, I, I was hoping you'd like bring that up because she's even got like the, well, one, she had like fierce eyebrows and makeup even before she, she transformed. Yeah. And if you know anything from like Egyptian art and, and that kind of stuff, like their, uh, their eyeliner game was fucking <laughs> on point um so presley presley what I, what I think sorry what i think is kind of just it, it's like a weird passive magic like she just kind of used magic and her surroundings to kind of just be like make me look like i belong kind of spell yeah why not sure yeah 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 either way she's a hot teacher so so uh presley is all hot for teacher and he's like hey uh where's mr prescott and she's like oh he's gone i've taken his place and presley's like oh like a substitute teacher and she's like hmm yeah, yeah. kid yeah yeah let, <laughs> let, let's go with that substitute teacher i'm chantra and he's like oh hey mrs uh miss chantra uh, and so she looks at the uh, the uh, radio, uh, the communication device that Wrath made, and she sees the golden obelisk, and she's like, I recognize this handiwork. This could only be the work of Wrath. And the kid, being a kid who thinks a teacher's hot, but also is a kid, um, is like, huh? What? Well, I wouldn't say any man alive made that. <laughs> oh, I... I mean, uh, it wasn't made by Wrath. Uh, 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 I mean, who's Wrath? Awooga! Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so immediately she, we find out that she has some like mind control power. So she's like, look into my eyes. Her eyes glow red and he's like, I am your slave, Enchantra. Please do with me as you will. Hubba hubba, ding ding. Yeah, and she's like, so, uh, so tell me everything. And he's like, yeah, I'm the, I am the reborn spirit of Prince 
Rapsies and uh, Wrath is one of my guardians sent to protect me. And she's like, and this is now. my Millennium puzzle piece. <laughs> and millennium she's like, artifact. And so she, while she still is like, uh, has influence over him, she's like, all right, now listen here. You don't work for Wrath anymore. You hear? <laughs> you work for you and your boys. You work for me now. <laughs> <laughs> you see i'm taking over town see <laughs> the there's only room for one there's only room for one ancient egyptian sorcerer around here see now listen here bucko the federation's taking over this joint <laughs> oh fuck i forgot about that episode that is my favorite that of is course my favorite is. episode of the original star trek the original series a piece of the action fuck and it's great isn't it great too because um uh piece of the action that's what it's called right yeah even though they're disguised and like spock is obviously still spock they unquestioningly take everything he says as if he belongs <laughs> which is like my favorite part of any um uh original well, here's, se- here's the thing though with that episode is uh this is an alien planet it's not that they've gone it's back not a hollow deck or they didn't go back in time it's this, straight up an alien planet this is an alien that. planet who yeah. has encountered the federation before so like a vulcan showing up isn't that unusual to them right they're a highly adaptable I forgot about that imitative yeah. species and someone they've, left, they've advanced quickly right someone left Someone broke the uh, prime directive and left a book about 1930 Chicago there. And that basically became, Specifically. <laughs> and that became their, uh, the, the entire basis for their civilization. I love that it propelled their technology and like medicine and accents and like archeology span or archeology, um, architecture, like everything, uh, dress to the 1930s in the span of like 60 years. Yeah. They go from like smashing rocks together and like worshiping a sun god to, to all right, she, your boys, they work for me, she, <laughs> including like fucking Tommy guns. Oh, uh, so Presley goes back to the Sphinx and he tells. Oh, the I mommy- forgot. There's one funny part uh, with Prescott before we we jump into that. Uh, Prescott's like in the 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 egyptian like afterlife right the, and he's running around being the like world the the underworld there we go uh the underworld and um uh he finds no river sticks but um he does say there must be a logical explanation for this because there's a logical explanation for everything and then shit starts getting wild and starts chasing him and he runs away and he's well, like the, oh, the i moon. have to the moon turns into a giant uh, giant bull's bull? head and is like, uh, first day here? Hey, first time? And he's like, <laughs> ah! <laughs> and, and he runs away and he's like, I have to wake up! And him yelling wake up, like, awakens a bunch of, like, mythological, like, creatures. Like a minotaur from the, from and the, the griffin. And yeah. <laughs> from, like, like, entombed in rocks. And I'm like, Wait, holy shit! Is this guy a wizard? <laughs> he just like awoken a bunch of like servants of the underworld, and I I thought that was cool. So uh, Presley goes back to the Sphinx, and he tells the mummies basically, "It's not you, it's me. I have I can't I, learn anything from you anymore. I, I have a Mom new and hot dads. girlfriend. <laughs> I have a new teacher now. Have you seen her ass?" 
But specifically what he says is uh, uh, that there is just nothing more that you can teach me. I'm sorry. There's nothing more you can teach me now. I'm sorry. And Wrath is immediately like, that line sounds familiar. And we get a flash. Mm. We get a flashback to uh, uh, 3,000 years ago, ancient Egypt, where um, uh, Wrath, who is still alive and human, is telling that exact same line to Chantra. Yeah, and the the gist of it, which we already mentioned, was she was Wrath's student, but the pharaoh ordered him to move all of his like time and like full time tutor. Um, uh tutelage to uh to uh ramses yeah and to teach him the 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 ways of the smarts and the the magic and chantra's pissed and she's all like oh, he would never be as powerful as me and she shows off by like summoning some snakes or some shit and he's like okay okay yeah yeah i get it i get it but it's probably for the best because i was i was i was falling for you oh that's later in the episode that we find that out right right Oh right, he's like, no, you'll you'll always be my favorite student, and perhaps even more than that. And she's like, fuck you, dude, and kind of like brushes off his hint that he was hoping for something, something more. So this episode has everything, you know. It's got a little. Um, she denies caring for him later in the episode, but why go through all this trouble to fuck with him? Right. Uh, yeah yeah <laughs> it's like that really like uh that thing of like having like a really spiteful ex it's like they hate you but they're just so angry that but they also that, want wanted to be with you and but they wanted to be with you but like they but like they can't ask to be with you you broke it off with them and like instead of just moving on they're so even though like they still care about you they're still like so spiteful and they're lashing out that they're lashing out yeah it's kind of what she's doing here and there are a lot of tropes where that can be corny or cheesy nope it it rides that just on the line enough for me to really appreciate well, and what's what I find interesting about this episode too, and this is actually confirmed later in the episode by Chantra, is it actually has nothing to do with Ram, uh, with Ramses or Presley. Unlike most of the most of this series, like it's like everyone's going after uh, Presley because of who he is. But no, she's actually like he's not really the goal here. She's just using him as a as a pawn to get to Wrath. Yeah, he's like just, I don't care about this kid. Yeah, <laughs> and I that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. So. In the modern era, there's a scene of uh, video viewers, my background uh, has, um, when he had, Presley had left, uh, he's like, okay, bye, I have to go home. My teacher is coming over to tutor me. I'm like, your teacher's coming over to tutor you? Yeah. So after that flashback, we cut to the home and they're sitting in Presley's living room with his mom doing like dishes in the background in the kitchen. Yeah. And she's like speed reading all these books. And she's like, oh, more, more science, math. I, I need to know more. And the mom comes out and she's like, um, so that's weird. Mr. Prescott never came and tutored Presley privately. Also, Sound it seems also it seems like you're learning along about science along with him. Didn't you learn all this stuff at college? And she's like, college. Hmm. Y yes. Whatever this thing is, I 
I, I can pursue more knowledge there. And that's when the mom's like, Miss Chantra, can I talk to you alone? And right hey, away, I'm like, "Okay, bitch, we need to, we need to go, we need to go have a chat." Yes, and I'm like, <laughs> a parent actually parenting properly, because okay, listeners, we're recording this on November fifteenth, um, twenty twenty-two. Yep. <clears throat> There's this trope, mostly in the '80s, but it went on into the '90s, where um an older man kind of hitting on or uh, being charming to a younger woman was creepy most of the time, but an older woman, especially an attractive one hitting on or flirting with an underage boy was like, way to go, man. Oh, wow. Like you must be really cool. Um, an example I think we've mentioned before is Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. I, I can't think of other examples, but it's rampant. If you're as old as Siege and I, it's, it's pretty rampant. And this does the, the opposite. It, there's a parent who's actually like, hey, c- come over here, bitch. Like, <laughs> like, you, <laughs> like you said, and pulls her into the kitchen. She's like, hey, I don't know what's like going on here or whatever, but I think the only reason he's like studying this much is because he's got a crush on you yeah and the teacher's like hmm i don't know whatever this crush is but i do think i'll be taking your underage son to college with me and she's like uh no (laughs) (laughs) like what the fuck and so chantra does her like uh her mind her her mind spell well, she, thing. she she says something before the mind spell she's all like um it, hey listen he he's he's obsessed with you you need to like be the professional and like fuck off and she's all like yes i do have that effect on uh on most most people and she's all like oh i don't know what's going on with you but like hey and then all of a sudden weird gatekeeping like woman to woman gatekeeping comes in and she's like um i don't think you should be wearing like so much okay oh, she yeah because she she her thing is she's like look into when she's about to uh like uh, right. cast a spell on someone she's like look into my eyes and uh, uh presley's mom is like i think you're wearing a little too much mascara which I don't think you that's know gatekeeping. What? No, you're, that's, that's no, you're right. That's a burn because a it's burn. obvious this woman. Yeah. She doesn't want this woman near her kid. And um, she's fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> because she's, she's fucking evil sorcerer, undead sorceress. <laughs> right. And I, I just, the reason I broke it all down and I pointed that out and I pointed that like unhealthy, like trope of like, it's cool for like, young boys to like get a kiss on the cheek from an older woman um well it was cool when you were a young boy like it was cool from that perspective it was never cool from an adult's perspective like okay. other other adults were looking like when, when i hope those so. things would happen <laughs> other adults were looking at these women and being like what is wrong with you i hope so because it's in media a lot and it's really refreshing to see like the mom. Remember in the nineties, there were it seemed like there were so many cases of like women, like women going to trial for sleeping with underage male students. That didn't stop, man. <laughs> Ooh, that didn't stop. It increased in the two thousands and some into the twenty tens. I'm thinking it's simmering off now. And that that funny thing is, whenever it's um 
a, a, a male teacher and a female student, the comments of an article or whatever, always like hang him, yeah. kill him, castrate him. And like, like uh, impale, like uh, impale him, give him a slow death. And whenever it's like a, a teacher, which, uh, and a female teacher and a male student, it's always like, where were these teachers when I was a boy? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's and, just, but dude. she's hot. That's just dudes being gross and, yeah stupid and mis yeah. misogynistic well oh yeah definitely and it's like you know it's that whole um oh well i i it, it, it that's very rampant that that double like standard and um even in media it's often worded badly uh what i mean by that is it's just like oh it's the r word whenever it's like a, a male uh teacher and a female student but whenever it's a female teacher and a male student it's often oh uh, alleged uh, sexual relationship or physical relationship with um like student and it's always like kind of just like worded and it's never worded as really what it is because we're in a we're coming off the coattails of a culture where only men can sexually assault men or women not the other way around so anyways I'll get off my fucking soapbox here. The whole point, point I was trying to make is um, it's refreshing to see a, a cartoon have a mom instead of just doing dishes or being like, what am I going to do with him? Like in a cartoon, be like, hey, hey, lady, get the fuck away from my kid. And one thing I, I, one I like thing that. that. I thought was kind of uh, weird in this scene was uh, uh, Presley's mom was like, Hey, where's Mr. Prescott? Have you seen him around? So it's like, we, as the viewer know that he's missing, but like, why would Presley's mom know or care? Oh, because <laughs> she's like, Oh, I'm his new teacher. And she was like, Oh, well, what happened to Mr. Prescott? That's, mm. that's, that was her, her reasoning. But anyways, like you said, she's like, look into my eyes. And she's like, I'm going to take your son to college with me and you're okay with it. And she's like, okay, mommy. And go. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's that. So they go into, uh, so Chantra and Presley uh, go to Berkeley College. I found like a lot of cartoons in the 90s, like in the 90s especially, they would come up with fake names for schools. Not this place. No, they actually like straight up just name check uh, I, Berkeley. I love that she doesn't um, like get in a car or cab or whatever. She just goes outside and they go into like a magical purple energy orb and like fly there. Yeah, because Presley is like, oh, how are we going to get there? And she's like, uh, oh, let me show you. I can do way cooler things than Wrath ever could, like this. And so they go into, like, a magic bubble and, like, fly over there. There's this little bit uh, back at the um, at the Sphinx where the mummies are, like, really are in their sarcophagi. <laughs> and they're really bored. They, they hang out with their arms crossed over their chests. And they're just uh, talking to each other. Uh, much like the, um, the Borg in Star Trek, they have to, like, go into those, like, regeneration onto those regeneration oh, okay. pads it's kind, it's the, kind the, of like the borg yeah uh the mummies um they're powered by their amulets that they have around their neck and they have to they have to rest in their sarcophagi for the amulets to recharge rad 
So if they they spend, uh, and I think it comes up in a couple of episodes, if they spend too too long away, essentially their uh, their amulets run out of their the batteries die, and they can't amulets. transform. Or they can't like transform, that. and eventually, if if enough time passes, they'll just like crumble to dust. Too much energon. <laughs> yeah, transform to beast mode. So they're all bored, uh, just chilling back at the Sphinx and their sarcophagi, and. Yeah, they're like, let's uh, our, contact. I I, yeah. I miss Presley. Let's contact him. Yeah, Armon uh, gets the idea that like, hey, what if we what if we just call Presley and ask him to come over? It works with pizza. It works with pizza. So they go to a payphone. Uh, give Armon. me the coinage of the great pharaoh George Washington. Give Give me the round piece of. Uh, so uh, Armon piece is of currency. <laughs> uh, Armon is uh, trying to dial the phone. He's like, I need one uh, uh, round metal piece uh, with the the great pharaoh George Washington <laughs> on it. I love and, that. And um, uh, Nefertina is like, Oh, I have one. And they put they all cross their arms over their chest and they're like, Praise be to the great pharaoh George Washington. <laughs> And so Armand dials, and he calls the pizza place. <laughs> he's and, and he's like, "Is Presley there?" And at the pizza place, they're like, "What, Presley? There's no Presley." And he's like, "Oh, he doesn't. He doesn't know Presley." And Wrath is like, "You idiot! You have to dial Presley's number." And Armand's like, "There's more than one number." <laughs> <laughs> um, genuinely, yeah, let me do it. Let me do it. Oh. And uh, genuinely, like I, I've said this like six times, like the show doesn't stop with how clever it is. Right. I, I loved that. So, um, so Rath calls uh, Presley's mom and on the phone, she's all like, he's not here. He went to Berkeley College with his new teacher, Chantra. With his new hot MILF teacher, Chantra. And uh, Wrath is like, great, Scott, we must go immediately. The prince is in danger. <laughs> and so Ra they... Ramsey's beard. We must get there immediately. <laughs> and great there's a comical great scene. Great Anubis's beard. <laughs> great Anubis's ears. We must Gr be off. By the... <laughs> By the swarms of locusts. <laughs> we must... <laughs> Me, uh, we we must part the the ocean and get to Berkeley Palace at once. And um, they did a clever uh, little gag here because it's shown them real close next to each other. It, it it zooms out and it shows that they're all jammed into this phone booth. Yeah, and they go and they all like comically like explode and break the phone booth. Just little things like that that are like nineties perfect touches they didn't have to add that but i appreciate it so they jump in the hot raw and they end up at a toll still bridge. can't get over that it's called the hot raw <laughs> so they jump they, they jump in the hot raw and head to a toll bridge and uh, nefertina is like uh, uh quick i need many uh round metal pieces with the great george washington on them and here so you she... go and they all like empty their pockets and give them to her and she tosses it into the toll booth. And then all in unison, they put their arms over their chests again and are like, praise be to the great Pharaoh, George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Is this an American show? 
yeah berkeley george watt here's the thing like i kind well, of love it, that it's said in san francisco right I, I kind of love that like hidden patriotism not like gi joe levels where it's funded by like the u.s military but i do i do enjoy that kind of gag well, it, it makes sense. I mean, really, like they're from a, a time where the pharaoh, which was the leader of the country, yeah. um, the the pharaoh was regarded as being a god. And indeed, um, he's one of the uh, the the ancient old dudes who's uh, has his, his head is carved into um, Mount Rushmore. Yeah, it, it would make he, sense that they would just think that George Washington was a god that yeah. that was worshipped <laughs> by the people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I love that when they're leaving the um the mummy palace, um the mouth of the sphinx opens and like interconnects with like the 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 ground floor of the exhibit and they like pull out in the in their hot raw. Yeah. That's a 90s thing too right there. Such a 90s thing. Um the the sound effects. There's a special song that plays when they're the the song that's playing while they're like driving across the the bridge it, yeah it's pretty it's pretty hype thank you it stuck was, out to I was you like, too did you notice that <laughs> i'm did, like yeah. because i rewinded it and i was like do 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 and there's car squealing sounds and like nefertiti's like fast and furious shifting and i'm like hell yeah <laughs> yeah boop, 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 boop. uh and uh yeah they hightail it to um to berkeley which somehow i wonder where it doesn't matter the show knows when things matter and when it doesn't matter uh never mind all the traffic that's on the bridge that sees this fucking car like hauling ass <laughs> right across the golden gate bridge um chandra and presley are just like hanging out in like one of the libraries yeah. at berkeley with like mounds of books and she's like knowledge is powers presley and um, he's just chilling, like kind of looking bored. And she's got like an arm over her and she's like speed reading books. And I'm like, damn, <laughs> I can't, can't, I can barely make it through like a book in a month. And this lady's like absorbing like the entirety of like Berkeley's like library and like hours. Well, she is a supernatural being from the underworld. Yeah. From so the, the mummies world. And uh, they pull up and no security on site because why would there, right? um yeah it's the 90s 9 11 yeah. hadn't happened yet <laughs> yeah that's right and um wrath is like no this is something that i have to do alone which is fucking hilarious because he eats his words in like 30 seconds yeah he he runs in there and like he gets like blown out the wall with like a bunch of like she books. likes telekinesis is like a bunch of books and i was half expecting her to be like huh wrath you seem to forgotten knowledge is power which is another big 90s theme and just like telekinesis book blasts him like out the window and he flies and he lands uh like in front of everybody as they're just chilling and he makes a pun i can't remember what it is though it's something to do with books um oh he falls on the ground and they run over to help him and um they they were kind of like gossiping and they're like who is this chantra anyway apparently one of wrath's old students and they're like what happened wrath and um wrath is like oh surrounded by books and he's like just doing some light reading there uh, it is yeah <laughs> i thought he said night reading the first time i watched it mm -hmm. and i'm like night reading is it because they're at night and it rhymes with light 
with the strength of raw. <laughs> and we here we another, go. We get it. We get a full like this is the first full like uh, transformation sequence with all this of them is together. High. Because Usually that, there's like a minor one and then a full one when they need to kick full ass. Well, well when they transformed earlier, it was three of them because uh, Nefertina was driving the uh, the hot raw. And then when the hot raw crashed, uh, she then she transformed solo. A little bit later, yeah. Yeah. But this is the first time we actually uh, uh, got like all of them together. It's hype. They all have a different color. Let's kick tut! And uh, Chantra goes into her, like, real form. Yeah. <clears throat> Which just means she's more scantily clad. Hell yeah. I'm for it. And so, like, a, a big battle uh, between amongst them ensues. There's magic and whips, and she, like, uses magic to counter um, Jaquel's, like, fire arrows and all sorts of shenanigans. The eye lasers, uh, wrath at one point. Oh my, I forgot about, um, when they're inside of like the library, she's like, look into my eyes and he just pulls out a mirror. Yeah. And she says she does the whole look into my eyes thing, but instead of doing like a charm spell, she actually just eye lasers. Motherfucking eye lasers. <laughs> Which I, I kind of liked because it's like, normally like when she does that, she's like luring someone in to like hypnotize them, but now she's luring him in. But instead of hypnotizing him, she's just like eye lasering. And my uh, headcanon for that is that she knows that she can hypnotize. And so she's pretending to hypnotize and then just trying to eye laser him. Yeah, yeah. It's basically like a sucker punch, essentially. Y yeah, because <laughs> look into my eyes and surprise! <laughs> and eye lasers him and he whips at a mirror and he's like, ha, huh, nice try, bitch. <laughs> I know all your tricks. And the eye lasers like bounce off and i i love the idea that this guy just like walks around with like a pocket mirror at all times <laughs> like a hand mirror so yeah so uh, a bunch of fighting ensues uh uh chantra's like kind of cleaning house against them yeah and i think the final uh it's like oh leave the boy alone and i'll go with you and she's like i don't give a shit about this kid yeah, so you are on a destroy. Uh, yeah, I'll, I will go with you. I will surrender. I will be with you forever. Just please let the prince go. And she's like, I don't care about him. This was always about killing you. Also, yeah, I don't want you to come and be with me. I just want to kill you, loser. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, well, I it, was, wasn't really expecting to hear that, but okay. I understand. Very tis well. Your, tis your wishes. Um, would have been really nice to have uh, been given a heads up about that, you know, before I uh, d uh, decide committed in my head to uh, uh, spending my life with you in service of the prince. <laughs> but um, I, this is this is fine too. If it's what you wish, <laughs> I, I suppose. And um, he's like, but first, I summon the serpents of the underworld. And she crosses her arms, and she's like floating now, right? As any good sorceress does. And she's like, you fucking idiot. There are no serpents of the underworld anymore. Bozo, that was 3,000 years ago. He's like, not literal serpents, you stupid bitch. I was speaking <laughs> metaphorically. There are- Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! Underground cabling. 
You don't and know what those are. And they're made out of electricity. You don't know what those are because you've only been here for six hours. And don't ask why I know what they are because, you know, I've never done any underground construction, but I know what they are somehow. Ha ha! <laughs> but I've been to a library. I've been to a library. I mean, so have you, but fuck you! <laughs> and, and somehow uh, this is enough to uh, this is enough to defeat her? Completely. Um, yeah. So we get, this show has everything. We got hot ancient Egyptian sorceress. We got tentacles wrapping around her and her uh, uh, straining and in, in, uh, trying to fight it. Um, we got the underworld. Uh, we got heartache. Um, we get great Egyptian themed puns. Yeah. Uh, patriotism. Um, but yeah, like you said, the tentacle cables, um, they apparently, because I guess this is connected to the entire city's power grid of San Francisco. Yep. The whole, it shows the city and the whole city kind of flickers and then like dies down. And I'm like, oh, whoa, <laughs> he's really zapping this bitch. And somehow um, this is enough to convert her back to energy and send her back beyond the Western Gate. One of the ley lines is a key, a capstone to the library, which is shaped like an obelisk. Yeah. And so the electricity kind of jumps over to the lightning rod or the obelisk and, and sends her back through the, the Western Gate. And uh, brings Mr. Prescott back. Sw does the switcheroo back as he was like eating, getting eaten by a griffin or something. Yep. And he's like, wow, that was a crazy dream. Uh, I'll have to make sure that I drink my Metamucil before 6 p.m. next time. <laughs> or some, some stupid <laughs> thing like that. And um, when no she... more, No more tomato juice before bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and um, Chandra gets switched back and she's underneath the um, the griffin as the griffin was about to eat uh, Prescott and she's like get off me you idiot yep and, and I'm like or or should you get off of her and I guess she holds some sort of sway in, in the underworld being a pow powerful sorceress and all I think she's kind of in charge of things over there Mm, would make sense. Yeah. Um, so they're driving back, and for some reason, it's just Wrath, and maybe they're in the back seat. It's just Wrath, and they're still in their um, superpower uh, like form. By the way, they're in the car driving back to to town, and uh, Presley's like, you know, Wrath, it's funny. Even though I know Chantra was evil. I keep thinking about how beautiful she was. And Wrath is like, oh, so do I, my prince. So do I. And I'm like, man, being a hot bitch just you, gives you a free pass to do anything <laughs> with these two. Right? I'm just like, you fucking simps. <laughs> <laughs> so do I. No, like... If, if a bitch is trying to kill her, you have my permission to kill her right back. <laughs> and that's uh, pretty much the episode, isn't it? And that's literally the episode. They're like, oh, yes, she may have been evil and tried to kill me. And like her image of like her folding her arms, like smirking, like fades in to the background but, as Wrath is like but being like. Ha but have you seen those titties? And that ass. 
my god, you could bounce a, a metallic coin with the pharaoh of George Washington right off of it. Just... <laughs> An ass as big as the Nile itself. <laughs> and hip, hips as wide as the, the Nile and... Um, hip, and hip, hips as wide as the Red Sea was parted. <laughs> <laughs> wished to, to to part her thighs like Moses parted the Red Sea. Oh, and uh, you you can't ask us to. We can't end the episode on many puns. I I need to pull up like an ancient Egyptian like pun like list off of the internet to keep going with that. And uh, right. <laughs> with with uh, our very thorough but enjoyable. Um, Recap of uh, goodbye, Mister uh, Ch- Ch- Chops. Chops. Uh, goodbye, Mister Chips. Chops. <laughs> um, that is Mummies Alive uh, here on the um, Lasercomb podcast. We uh, my cat we, looks uh, kind of sinister right now. Uh oh. We uh, we play Sinistar and uh, act sinister. Um, cats to for siege. You just yeah. watched a random episode of Mummies Alive. Would you tune in next week? 100%. I wasn't actually expect. This is one of those shows where I'm like, okay, it was the fucking hypest shit ever when I was 12. But when I'm 37, am I still going to think it's hype? Probably not. No, it's still fucking hype. I still love this show. It has aged uh, quite... It's very of its time. But for me, like it, it's aged quite well. I really like the animation style. Like I said, the animation style is very, like, influenced by, like, mid-90s anime, but it still has some Americanized... It still has some Americanized stylings to it. Great Mus- character design? Music is hype. Yeah, the character design is great. Uh, yeah, I'm on still on board with this show. Cool, cool concept, too. Uh, I had never watched this. Like, I had known about it, but I had never watched this, and this is the first episode I'd ever watched. And, like... Boy, did I miss out. Definitely tune in next week. And I should go. I watched it with my partner who, yeah. who didn't know about it either. And she was like, holy shit, this is the best thing you've watched <laughs> for, <laughs> for that. And I'm like, uh, maybe. <laughs> this has been a show that's been like when I, I first came up with the idea for this podcast, like uh, in like summer of 2021, this was one of the first shows that I thought of. Oh, absolutely. It's been mentioned here and there, either on Twitter or our listeners or us or here and there. And man, it's does everything. It, 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 it archetypes them just enough that you, you know who they are, but it also makes them interesting. The, the characters, right? Like this was an, a wrath episode. Yeah. Right. And uh, yeah. It- Every every one of the, too. <laughs> every one of the if I recall correctly, every one of the mummies gets like uh, a few episodes dedicated yeah. to them specifically. Yeah, and just like it's it's just a joy. Like the 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 bad guys here, the main bad guys like Scarab and Hecka, they were for the intro, right? But they weren't the primary. Like they, they were just the opening conflict, and Chantra was the the main conflict. And just like a show, not being afraid. To just like do something like them opening up their own burger <laughs> franchise so that they can get the drop on the on presley and the mummies is just under the hopes that the mummies will come to this exact burger place and then as soon as they're complaining they're like oh there they are i 
I want to know how many customers they serviced before they served before. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that'll be like seven eighty five, and then you just like pull up, and there's just a snake working the counter. Maybe she takes your money. Maybe she blows flames on you, and you die a horrible death. <laughs> just little things like that that where the show can be serious, but also know when to be like funny is the you right know how much money i've sunken into this establishment waiting for these goddamn mummies to show up <laughs> now we need to keep this operable for six months or dang it i won't make my capital back <laughs> yeah. so i like the we've, idea we, that we've Scarab already, keeps we've already the... encountered the mummies but i am several hundred thousand dollars in the red we are going to need to keep this establishment open for at least another eight months before we're able to break even. I like the idea that they can just, like, now in the town, they just operate this, like, same thing with, like, the um, the golems, like, being the fry cooks in the back. Shabtees. They just operate. They're called shabtees. Shabtees. Yeah, it just popped you. into my head. They mentioned it once in the episode, but it was in one ear and out the other. Um, I like the idea of all of them just like working there now. Like the what's the human version of the uh, scarab? Like he's got like a he uses in public Reddit somewhere. Harris, Harris Stone. Stone. Yeah. And of course, he's super wealthy and everything. Right. So I like the idea of him just like having this this joint here now. Yeah. And um, yeah. Is there anything else we want to? want to go out on any nope. follow finishing thoughts other than we're a cat and uh, a lion apparently <laughs> uh, one quick thing uh, apparently this show uh, was uh, another uh, half hour toy commercial but I don't remember ever seeing toys for this anywhere but apparently they were made by Hasbro really yeah never never saw toys for this show anywhere at least I don't remember seeing toys because I totally would have bought them Let's see here. Mummies Alive toys. Oh, they look really good, too. <laughs> Not perfect. Like, very different from the show. But, like, shockingly, like, high quality. Huh. Right. I'll have to, I'll have to take a look-see. Anyway, that has been episode 52 of the Lasercomb podcast. Best way to support the show is go to patreon.com slash lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B. We're at the single $5 tier. You get to pick a show for us to review a random episode of on this very podcast. You also get preamble audio, commentary tracks, and our news and current events program, Lasercomb Tonight. So if you want to get in on that, go to patreon.com slash lasercomb. Uh, follow me on Twitter at lasercomb, spelled the same way, or uh, Cal, they can follow you at... They can follow me at NeoCal on Twitter, N-E-O underscore K-A-L. On the next episode of the Lasercomb podcast, we are going to be kicking off a block of several episodes. Not even going to be a themed month at this point, but it for probably the at least like the next like two, maybe three months, we're going to be doing Patreon sponsored shows. I feel and like this was almost a Patreon sponsored show <laughs> because at least a couple of our listeners uh, were were fond of Mummies Live. Right? Uh, shout out to you, Jerob. Yeah, Jer especially. Nah, Jared. Jerob. Um, <laughs> Sorry, we've been watching Mummies Alive. We got I, I, Scarab, Scarab, Jerob, and Jared. <laughs> <laughs>
I, I, can, I conflated the two. Uh, shout out to you, Jared, because I, I know on the Discord, you, uh, you, you, when I posted a GIF of Mummies Alive, you picked up on it right away. Yeah. Um, we are going to be starting off, kicking off this uh, uh, next block of Patreon-sponsored shows with a uh, pick by our patron, Lewis. Shout out to him. And the show we're going to be watching is a little show called Manimal. And I'm going, with, I'm going with this one first because I've uh, heard of it and some uh, podcasters that I'm fond of uh, did an episode of uh, a show about it. I, I've heard Manimal come up a lot. So, uh, yeah. That's, so I was excited when uh, uh, when Lewis pitched um, uh, Manimal to us. So, figure out which episode of Manimal we're going to be watching. I'm going to hit the old screen share. I'm watching the intro, and I must say, that's kind of exactly what I thought it was going to be. All right, so eight, Manimal had eight episodes, so one random number between one and eight, and here we go, four. A mighty number four. Female of the species. Ladies and gentlemen, wow. this is an older, <laughs> this is an older, uh, let's see here. After a girl is found living with wolves in the forests of Sultanpur, India, she is the topic of discussion at a local, local university where she is being held. An attempt is made on her life. Jonathan takes her into his care and protection. Female of the species. I myself am quite popular with the Females of the species. Talking about cats, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Anyway, we'll be back uh, next time with that. And until then, I've been the Siege, one of your hosts. And I am uh, Jacal, your other host. Uh, thanks for listening. We will mummify you next week. Take